Well, welcome. We're finishing off today our short series on Nehemiah. And I'm going to read to you from Nehemiah chapter 1 and verse 1 to 7. When Samballot heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and greatly incensed. He ridiculed the Jews, and in the presence of his associates, the army of Samaria, he said, What are those feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life from those heaps of rubble, burned as they are? Tobiah the Ammonite, who was at his side, said, What are they building? Even a fox climbing up on it would break down their wall of stones. Hear us, our God, for we are despised. Turn their insults back on their own heads. Give them over as plunder in a land of captivity. Do not cover up their guilt or plot out their sins from your sight, for they have thrown insults in the face of the builders. So we rebuilt the wall till all of it had reached half of its height, for the people worked with all their heart. Let's just pray. Father, we ask you that as we listen to this message, your Holy Spirit would enlarge our capacity to have faith in you, to have faith in the work that you've called us to do, to have faith in the work that Jesus has done. Come, Holy Spirit. Amen. So today's entitled Nehemiah Dealing with Opposition. But let's just bring it up to date slightly. Jesus said this, In the world you will have trouble. If the world hates me, it will hate you. The Apostle Peter writes, your enemy prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Paul says, we are not unaware of the devil's schemes. These are just some of the <laughs> multitude of New Testament verses that let us know that as Christians, we will face opposition. We will face troubles. We will face persecution. And Romans 15 verse 4 says, For everything written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. So as we look at the story of this story of Nehemiah, we're looking for it to encourage us, to give us endurance and to give us hope. So what do we learn of Nehemiah's trouble? His problem arose because he was rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, um, the people of Israel had been in exile. They'd come back from Babylon and they'd rebuilt the temple and uh, they were beginning sort of temple services again. But the walls were broken down. Walls are important in uh, the day and age. You need them for protection. You need them to identify where the city was. You need walls with gates in so that you can control who comes in and out. Walls were important. And people knew if the walls were built, something was going to be established. Jerusalem would be 
back. And that's why he faced problems and persecution. But what were those problems? Well, the problems come from Sam Ballet, Tobiah, and a guy called Geshem the Arab. Particularly, they're, they're stirring up um, problems for um, Nehemiah. And in chapter 2, 19, and chapter 4, verse 1, you get a picture of them sort of standing there as the Jews are hard working, they're building the wall, Nehemiah's going around, come on, let's do this. And uh, they're sort of standing at the sidelines, <coughs> shouting out to the people, hey, what are you doing? You're rebelling against the king? <laughs> Look at you. you, your walls. You're really rebuilding them? Look at all the rubble you've got to move. There's an awful lot of work here. You aren't ever going to get this done. Give up now. Give up now. This rebellion will never work. You haven't got a chance. And uh, there was just this, this constant, get this feeling, this constant mocking. Perhaps they walked around um, the workers, because of course there's no wall to stop them doing this. They just walk around. Uh, you go, you're never going to make it. You're never going to make it. And I don't know about you, but in my early days as a Christian, um, some of particularly my family members were like, well, this is just a phase. He'll grow out of it. It's all right. We needn't worry about it. Don't worry, Dave. You'll, you'll grow up. Um, which was pretty sad because I was in my late teens at the time. <coughs> and my friends, some of them, well, what are you doing, Dave? What's all this about? Why change your life so radically? Is this just another phase you're going through? You're never going to get it done. But the people of Israel and Nehemiah carried on and they kept building and they kept building and they kept building. And then they saw the, uh, that the walls were nearly halfway up. So these three then come up with, a, with another idea. In uh, chapter 4, verse 7, it says, When Samballat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the people of Ashod heard that the repairs to Jerusalem walls had gone ahead and that the gaps were being closed, they were very angry and they plotted together to come up and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against it. We, in the UK, have seen for many years a decline in the church. Decline in church membership, a decline in the influence of the church, a decline in biblical values, biblical morals. And what we are doing as Open Door, as part of Catalyst, as part of New Frontiers, as part of the broader church in the UK, we are looking to see God bring his glory back to the church. We are looking to see the walls rebuilt once again. We are looking to reverse the trends of declining membership, declining influence of biblical um, values and morality. And lots of people would say, why waste your time? You're not going to get there. It's never going to happen. But we have the encouragement of the scriptures that tell us there are times of decline 
and there are times of growth. There are times of persecution. There's a time of great success. We have <clears throat> the history. There have been times of great revival in our nation and across the world. Times when whole villages have come to know Jesus. Whole towns have been transformed. When the culture of, of our, our nation has been changed because the church has been strong. We will face opposition to get there. And in 4-7, these three guys tried to stir up trouble. Hang on a minute. You keep building, we're going to kill you. We're, go we're going to stir up some trouble. We're going to tell people what you're doing. We're going to go to the king. We're going to go to the governors of the land and say, look, look, Jerusalem. This used to be a great city. And you know what? They caused all sorts of trouble for the people round about it. You better come over here and crush them before they get the walls up. We're going to cause you trouble. And maybe we'll face that sometimes. Maybe people will, you will face that personally. Why do you want to stand as a Christian? You can't hold these values. You can't, <clears throat> can't expect us to believe in your God. You can't expect us to believe in your values. Well, that doesn't matter. We will keep going. We will keep rebuilding the walls. They mocked, they issued threats. They tried to instill fear. We will kill you. We will cause you trouble. Keep on believing what's in the Bible and trouble will find you. Trouble will find you and trouble will come our way as we stand for biblical values. But then they moved on from that because Nehemiah kept going. And so they started to try to spread lies about him. And uh, there's a beautiful line in the Bible, in, in Nehemiah's story. Um, it's one that I love. And it says, we're going to the king, we're going to the governors, and we're going to tell him that you are starting a rebellion and you're going to try and overrun the rest of the nations. Because Gershom, he says it's true. And uh, they spread these lies about what Nehemiah was actually doing. It's not, ha not nice having lies spread about you. Um, I've had quite a few lies spread about me in, uh, at different times and it's not pleasant. But it comes and it happens. And then there's mocking, there's threats, there's fear, there's spreading lies and there's distraction. In chapter 6 you find these three guys there and they realize they're losing. Nehemiah is just persevering and persevering and persevering. The walls are going up and so they think, hang on a minute, Nehemiah, let, let's have a meeting. Let's, let's talk about this. I know we've tried to mock you, we've tried with threats, we've tried giving fear, we've tried to spread lies about you, but you've just kept going. Come, come and have a meeting. And uh, Nehemiah says no, no meetings. I have a work to do. So Nehemiah faced a whole range of problems. He also had 
an internal problem which comes out to in the end towards the latter chapters of the book where he keeps praying god remember me and all i have done and you can just sense in that prayer the internal pressure god i have exhausted myself 12 years I've been encouraging these people. We built the wall in 50, 52 days. We, we then had to reorganize. We had to get the gates in place, all sorts of things. It was hard work. Was it worth it? Was it worth it? And sometimes as Christians, we feel, was it worth it? Times of family rejection, friends rejection, times of discussion and argument, times of people not understanding why you live the way that you do. Just live like everyone else. I remember once uh, in the civil service, <coughs> I broke someone's glasses um, accidentally and I ended up having to pay for it. And so many people in the office, the person whose glasses I broke, no one liked. And uh, they were delighted that I'd broken the glasses, but they were really unhappy with me that I was willing to pay for the glasses. And I actually took more flack in the end for paying for the glasses than I did for breaking them. It was painful. And people just couldn't understand. I couldn't explain why I felt, no, I broke them, I'll pay for them. And sometimes just the values we hold, people don't understand and it hurts us. What did Nehemiah do to get through all these troubles? We, we, we at the moment, you at the moment, might not be having any at all. But you might be. The devil is, the devil is a roaring lion. I don't know about you, but this third lockdown, it was like, oh, why? Just want to go out. Just want to see my family. I want to see my grandchildren. And you just... A weight descends. How did Nehemiah overcome all this opposition? Well, first of all, as we read a couple of weeks ago, you find through all through Nehemiah times of personal prayer. We read earlier, for everything written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. Prayer and reading your Bible helps in times of opposition. I don't know about you, I have a, a plan that I read um, through the Bible, but in times of opposition, I sometimes just stick to my favourite verses. Verses that have encouraged me at the, at the time verses that over the over years now have brought hope and stirred endurance within me have reminded me of the great promises that rest on my life of an eternal life of a life that isn't based here on earth but a life that i'm working towards in heaven a life here and now with god he'll never leave me or forsake me he's there to strengthen encourage to give perseverance. In times of opposition, I go to those verses. They're underlined in all the different Bibles that I have. What favourite verses 
do you have? We find that Nehemiah doesn't just pray on his own. He's about a great work. And so he gathers people to pray. And in these last two or three weeks, we've been talking about finding sort of four, six people to pray together, stand with you in life. In times when we can't meet together physically, when sort of Zoom over 10 people is difficult, to have four or five people that you can sort of talk to, you can maybe WhatsApp, you can maybe Zoom with easily and regularly. would encourage you to find those people that you can pray with, to help you with opposition, to help you with feelings of sort of depression and just to lift your eyes and to pray for our towns and our villages, for Northamptonshire, that we will see a great revival from God. <coughs> Pardon me. The other thing they did was hard work. When the opposition came and said, you'll never do it, the walls are down, the w there's so much rubble, they gave themselves to hard work. And sometimes disciplining yourself to pray, to read the Bible, it's hard work. I don't get up every day thinking, oh, great, I can read my Bible and pray. Sometimes I do. Probably slightly more often than not, to be honest. But there are days we think, oh, do I really have to read the Bible? No, you don't. But it will do you so much good if you do. Do you really have to pray? No but you're coming into the presence of the magnificent and glorious God. Hard work sometimes to discipline yourself. Personal prayer, group prayer, hard work. And in 6.3, you get a, a magnificent, a magnificent response from Nehemiah. Verse... <clears throat> 6 verse 3. Sambalat and Gershom sent me this message. Come, let us meet together in one of the villages. But they were scheming to harm me, so I sent message, messages to them with this reply. I am carrying out a great project. I cannot come down. Nehemiah understood the greatness of the project he was in. Do you, do I understand the greatness of the work that we are involved in, in rebuilding the church of God, in, re, in, in rebuilding the church, the, the dwelling place of God, his people? We are about a magnificent work. Should we be, be distracted by the world in which we live? Should we be distracted because our values and our vision is different to theirs? Should we be distracted because they want us to live one way and God wants us to live another way? No, we are about a great work. We are building together a community where God dwells, a community together where miracles happen, a community together that brings the life and the love of God into the world in which we, we live. We are about a great work. Shall our temptations overcome us? No, we are about a great work. We won't give in to them. 
Shall, shall we just lie down and sleep? Oh no, this is too big for us. No, we are about a great work. And then there were times when Nehemiah, he had a man beside him. As they were rebuilding the walls, this man had a trumpet. And if there was a, 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 an attack on the walls, the man would blow the trumpet. And Nehemiah was sitting on the higher ground and he could see where the attack was coming. They would blow the trumpet and people would run together and then they would go together to fight the battle. There are times when we need to blow the trumpet times when we want to say come together and pray as God's community in the New Testament the, the the early church gathered to pray and when they prayed things happen yes God answers our personal prayer yes God answers us in the small groups but when the community together pray there is remarkable power and as we continue to move together as open door, there are times when we will blow the trumpet. We blow it every first Sunday, eight o'clock in the evening. We believe that in praying together, we will change the world in which we live. We believe we will build the church. As I've been speaking, it's felt very scattergunnish to me. It looked good on paper, but it feels very scattergunnish. What I would say is this. Nehemiah came to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. He faced and overcame all the opposition against him. As we continue to build open door, we will face times of opposition we will face times of pain. We will face times of hard work. But together, maintaining our own personal life with God, maintaining our relationships together in love, maintaining that group together of open door over 25 years of building his church, seeing his kingdom extend, we will overcome and we will see all the promises of God over open door coming to fruition. Let's face opposition. Let's overcome opposition, not in our own strength, but in the strength of our mighty God. God bless. Amen.